Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 60 of the Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by my beautiful host, Sean Sheehan. How's the form, Sean? Not too bad, as you, as you just it heard. It doesn't matter about. what the form is, <laughs> because we need to thank BeanieBasher.com. It is a fun, addictive hand-eye coordination tool for martial artists and for people who just like having a bit of crack. You can get them at BeanieBasher.com. They are £10. They ship worldwide. They are absolutely great fun. Uh, they're they're going to become big in Irish MMA, Sean, because we've had a lot of, uh, I've seen a lot of tweets, Irish MMA fighters ordering one, different gyms ordering them. I, I think, look, I don't want to jump the gun here, but it could easily con- uh, replace a conventional warm-up for a mixed martial arts fight. Just do a few rounds in the beanie basher before you go out. Yeah, I'm building a man cave as well. I need my beanie basher for my man cave. I'm just getting one. You, uh, you have my one, actually, don't you? What? Just get it off you. Do I? Yeah, yeah, you fucking do. I, I have. I, look, there's two in circulation at the moment around the northeast. Yeah. <laughs> so I will, I will recover them. And when I see you next, you'll get a beanie basher. Sweet. If you too, from listening to that advertisement, want one, once again, BeanieBasher.com, £10, it is absolutely great crack, uh, great videos going around, Decky McLean is the king at it so far, um, he can even elbow it, so that's like, I can barely get a couple of punches together. Actually, do you know Barry Quayle, Sean, the guy that does the, vi- the name, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he sent me a video of him doing it, 45 seconds, and I think the best thing about it, aside from the fact it is a fun hand-eye coordination tool to improve speed and agility mm. is watching people's faces while they do it because they usually stick their tongue out or contort their face yeah. in some weird like focusing way to uh, to be able to hit it consistently and, and imagine it's one of those things that practice makes perfect the more practice you get the better you get at it kind of I, I, I would like, say like so. anything I suppose but. like tying your shoelaces walking upstairs cycling a bike swimming with red armbands all of those things needed excessive practice for me. Yeah. Anyway, how is the crack? Yeah, no, it's okay now. You were here on a, what is it, a Thursday, what day we? Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday afternoon, yeah. Gloomy looking outside, you know. It's not, not great much. to be fair. Yeah, not much MMA going on, not much news. You know, Limerick lost to Clare at the weekend. Oh, depressed enough. Man United won though, so that was okay. In Harland. Harland? Yeah. You're meant to be it's, good at that. Well, well, Limerick had to win to get. There's, there's a bullshit league, you know. There's like a League One A and then a wee League One B, and Limerick got promoted a few years ago, and then they changed the whole thing, and Limerick got fucking demoted again, and we haven't got promoted since. So we had to be cleared to get promoted at the weekend, and we lost. So, terrible. so obviously they were right because you're not fit enough for the biggest division. Uh, no one cares about the league. Limerick are good when I get to the championship. Well, to what? Relatively. Uh, championship. I don't you know. know you're, uh, you're being uh, you're being fairly biased there. I think. Well, towards shit. the county. Where are you from? You loud as loud. It? Yeah, no, don't don't, don't even bother bringing up. Yeah, the final is it? Remember that time? Loud were like, yeah, was it the final? And the the real bad referee. Was it loud? The yeah, loud and, and then the guy. The guy chased the referee down the pitch. Remember yeah, that? Like, a, a local man. <laughs> That was hilarious. A local hero, Sean. Uh, do you know that, that man? man I don't know him personally, but he's a, a local hero for his actions. You know, defending Loud's honour in Crow Park like that. Yeah. 
Thank Mayor, we had a we, there. we had a nice wee uh, interaction there to delay the podcast in the McGahan household. Did you? Why? What happened? So you know the way my brother's a county councillor. Yeah. So we had a uh, we had my auntie at the door. She lives on the street behind us, and uh, you know local councillors that deal with the bread and butter issues of the of Dundalk. Apparently, right? Yeah. St Mary's Road is what it's called. They're in uproar. The the people that live on the street, oh, they, they live across the road from a secondary school, which is currently getting uh, redeveloped massively. So all of the builders park in that street. Like there's maybe about, f- there must be about 100 builders that are working on this every day, like because it's just, the school needs to be up and ready and going by September. So um, you can barely get a parking spot, uh, parking spot on it as it is. Now it would take you a good, seven minutes to walk from one end of that road to the other anyway so um the council rocked up this morning the diggers are there they're putting a cycle lane on the other side of the road where all the cars park so there's no houses on that side of the road but all of the houses on the left they can barely get parked outside their own house now but what's it going to be like when there's a cycle lane on the other side removing a full length of parking as well Mm. Like it's an it's a war zone to try to get around there when the schools are out. Mothers double parking in SUVs, just people thinking they own the road. So she was round this morning. She was like, "Where's John? Where's John?" And I was like, "He's uh he's down in Longford or something like that. I don't know what he's at." And she was like, "The council are there. They're digging the road up already. They've got the bollards. They're putting down another cycle lane." There was the. The mothers and the concerned individuals all had a meeting this morning in one of the houses about what was going to be done to stop the council putting up the cycle roads, cycle lanes. They're a hindrance. Is your aunt going to chain herself to the road now or something like that? Look, I said to her, we're going to have to get extreme here. And she's like, just get John to ring me as quick as possible. <laughs> so maybe he can stop it. <laughs> and I was like, it just made me realise, like when we, when we went on about politics last week, you know, we realised how... We, you and I would probably fix the country if given the opportunity. Easily. But local politics, people don't care about what party you're with in local politics. They care yeah. about who filled the pothole in the quickest, yeah. who got the kids stopping loitering around that area at night smoking amber leaves, and who is going to be the one to tackle the tackle the the cycle lanes first. <laughs> Sorry, we might want to cut that out there. What? Your sneeze? <laughs> sneeze yeah. Nah, nah, you're grand. Uh, um... Listen here, I <laughs> listen here. Listen here. Are I'll you, tell you, you what to do. Are you, like, I'm of the mind that unless you're like a Taoiseach or, ta- or a minister or Tanishta, and you're working in the doll, you should be working for your local people. Like, I think the Healy Rays are great men because they get so much stuff done for like their locality in in uh, in Kerry. Like, I wish we had a politician like that here. Like, these boys gone up there. Guys covering uh, you know lads from uh from my jurisdiction they should they, they do fuck all like what are, what are they doing sitting above in the fucking doll doing nothing voting in commissions and stuff they get stuff done around here like they do nothing around here either like I'd I'd way rather have a politician that's good for like the locality because you know what what's you know what what's the point what are they getting done like you know before new traffic um, lights in Limerick. But like when fucking John O'Donoghue was uh, was 
Minister for Sport. He was he was from South Kerry, and I, I used to live with boys in South Kerry in, uh, in college. And, like, they were all telling me about all the new things. Like, they had this brand-new fucking golf course built, and they had this this huge sports kind of complex built. Oh, I was yeah. going there once, and it wasn't, like, it wasn't even used. It was, like, going dilapidated on this big fucking sports complex they barely use. A velodrome or something, man, yeah. like that in South Kerry. Yeah, A cycle track. Dundalk got a similar thing with your man Peter Fitzpatrick. Uh, the GAA clubs, I believe, his own club got a fair, fair good chunk of allocated money from the government. Yeah. But, when uh, I was doing uh, in economics, in, I don't know, was it in college or was it in, in school? But uh, we Sean did, like, Sheehan drinking game, folks. He just mentioned <laughs> economics. We, Take well, a we're, shot. Talk, we're talking about fucking politics. But we did this thing, this study on like um, all of the ministers for sport in history. And the allocation of money to each county. And like every time, <laughs> it was like 10 times the allocation for their county than the previous government had given them. Like John, John, uh, I don't know, he was the worst ever. Like <laughs> 100% say, of the budget. I'll say like if, if Kerry had gotten like just made up figure like 2 million for sport in say 95 or whatever and then he came in 96 then they got like fucking 80 million (laughs) just like mad beautiful that's what you need we need openly corrupt politicians Sean look after your own no it did not bit of backhanders never hurt anyone I have to say though one uh, because I meant to address it at the start of the podcast yesterday up in Dublin I went to uh, this guy Gary Vaynerchuk He's a social media guy. He's made a lot of money online. A bit of a hustler, saying all these deals that he's done throughout the years. Was an internet marketer before internet marketing was a thing. Um, Invested in Uber, invested in Twitter, Airbnb. All of these were early, early companies. He thought they were going to be great. He gave one great bit of advice. He said, the first thing you should be doing every day, he does it when he's on the toilet having a shit. Go on to the app store and see what the top 140 free apps are. And download them and use them and play with them and see, is this going to be good? Is that going to be good? And use it. And he thinks Snapchat is very, very active. So severe MMA is now on Snapchat. So just, yeah. Okay. So there you go. Um, Is it actually on Snapchat? Well, by the time this podcast is released, it's going to be on Snapchat. And Snapchat too, Sean Sheehan BA. Sean Sheehan BA, at Andrew McGahan as well. But uh, assuming some prankster hasn't already taken the severe MMA Snapchat account. That uh, we'll update it on the on the Twitter podcast on the Twitter feed anyway. What our Snapchat will be, but he uh, did a Q and A afterwards. Had the patented red and black on. Stood up. Last question. Six hundred and fifty people there. A couple of boys started heckling. You know they were like woo, woo when I started saying the the worst opening line in the history of introductions. Yeah. Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. Oh, no. No, I didn't actually say that. I said, my name's Andrew McGahan. I work with a website called SevereMMA.com. And then there was a bit of a, <laughs> and I just turned around and I was like, cheers, lads. Um, but then after it, swarmed. Where's Sean Sheehan? Love the podcast. Great work. Keep up all the work. Big fans of the podcast. There's a lot of business people that listen to the podcast, Sean. And I don't know why, because we talk shit. We do, in fairness. But, like, who else is brave enough to come on here and talk shit? Put about, out there? about the economic issues that need yeah, to be discussed. That we haven't a clue about. Yeah, exactly. Who else is doing it? Oh, actually, as well, I must, <laughs> give, a, I must give an apology to Ken Early last week. I said oh, yes. I said he was in Minsa, and he actually wasn't in Minsa. I, I actually found out. 
I realized who taught it me it was my friend Dahi taught me like years ago that he was in Minsa and he he is known for making a bullshit. <laughs> so I just took it as fact and I just never even questioned it. Excellent. <laughs> but Ken got out to me, he listens to the podcast as well, so I saw man Ken. Ken uh, Ken actually I just retweeted in there because he said the Netflix algorithm knows me so well. And it's a screenshot of his email and it said, Ken, we've just added a TV program you like might like. It's called Jane the Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it was like, uh, oh, great man. He loves Janes. That's all it is. Do you ever get those emails from Twitter that said, like, people you might like to follow? No, because like, uh, my uh, my Twitter was set up with a Hotmail account that is currently afcandrew at hotmail.com. Facebook and Twitter is all through that, my old email, so I don't have to get notifications about stuff. I always get them for, like, follow Sean Sheehan. Like, I'm Sean Sheehan. Why would I follow myself? It's follow, follow the other Sean thing. Sheehan. That other guy, oh yeah, nice guy. But um, yeah, I I have like three emails. I have my UCC email account, which I've connected to my um, to my Gmail account, Fan mail. Yahoo account as well. I like, I wish I just had one account. Like, it was just, I had the Yahoo for ages, and I gave that like. Bank Why did you have Yahoo? Like, I don't know. And it was Yahoo UK as well to make it worse oh. because when I when I set it up, it was Yahoo UK <laughs> Ireland. It was Yahoo UK in Ireland, and I had no choice but to take Yahoo. That's a, I'll tell you how long ago it was. Is there like. a Yahoo.ie now? Because they've doubled in offices. No, but, but I think now it's just you get a Yahoo.com email. But back then, you, if you were in UK and Ireland, you had to take .co.uk. Come here. I know we've talked about it before, and you weren't the man to ever use MSN Messenger. Eminem concert, is it? What? Eminem? No, MS, MSN Messenger. All right, sorry. I thought you wanted to talk about the Eminem concert. The one in Slane that you went to? The no, one it wasn't Slane, it was in Punchestown. The one in Punchestown? The one that yeah. took you so many hours to get to and back and it was the greatest mm. thing ever because there was so many people at it? Yeah, it was class. Great, man. Go on anyway, MSN. I was actually going to take it, I was like, you didn't use MSN, but I was also on Yahoo Instant Messenger. Yeah? Yeah, oh, because um, back in the day, right, there was a website called Pogo.com. Now, as you know, Sean, I'm a bit of an eight ball pool shark at the moment, right? Have you got that app? No. Fantastic game, right? Just pretty much mini clip pool on a phone and you play against people for coins and it's it's ruined a good part of my day. Like my productivity levels, which were already embarrassingly low, are now just non existent. We're and better off now editing a few videos or putting up a few articles. Now would you believe, Sean? To yeah. my right, my MacBook is opened and video interviews are rendering as we speak. Good man. So there you go. Up your Sheehan. Anyway. I was in a in I used to play eight ball pool on this website Pogo years ago and it was a great website. Now, I would completely advise having young like now how technology is going, I one hundred percent will not be uh letting my children on the internet in the future. Because I was exposed to the depths of it from being a just a nerd that liked going around different places on the internet, right? Here's the things that I found out about as a child. I used to play eight ball pool, that was fine. I was in a little league. We used to communicate through Yahoo Instant Messenger about setting up matches, and it was a, a league called True Cues. It was a family friendly league, and that was fine. There was no swearing. You're a nerd ever, aren't you? Yeah, completely. Like, look. Go and kick a football or something. What? I was shy at football. Left back. Left back on the bench, what? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> yeah, so it was a family friendly room. That was the room I was allowed to play in because it was a. Uh, there was no swearing and stuff like that. So that was sound. They were all cool. 
One day I decided I'd play chess because my first internet experience was my dad bringing me to an internet cafe to play chess against someone in New York who uh, who I found out years later let me win because my dad sent him a message beforehand. So I've never forgiven my father for that. But decided, yeah, chess is born. I'll play checkers, right? And to my horror, right, aged maybe 12 or 11, the checkers room on Pogo was full of people who wanted to have cyber sex with each other. Jesus. Putting in pool six to good use, I suppose. What? No, this was checkers. <laughs> so literally, oh, checkers. I went in to try play a game of checkers, and the chat, like there was, like, there was so many people in the room, and I was like, right, going in here, definitely going to be able to uh, play a bit of checkers here. There's a lot of people in the room. And all the comments were like, 16 female Ohio <laughs> room whatever open and I was just like what is this and then it's like loads of people talking about it so I googled it and at the time it was a, a hybrid it was a hub of cyber sexual activity on the internet right under the noses of pogo.com madness yeah age 12 and don't like I had already a fair idea on it and that was because when we started first downloading music did you ever use WinMX uh, something anyway WinMX back in the day Absolutely. had a chat function and I tell you what it's not the place children should be allowed to go into there was chat rooms all over the place on WinMX and you were finding out awful shit so I, I think I was scarred as a teen do you remember the first song you ever downloaded yeah it was um, it was either Outcast Hey Ya yeah. oh yeah or or Bowling for Soup Girl All the Bad Guys Want that's that's a bit new. Myself and I remember myself and Patrick we got a computer first. I think it was Napster we went on to and we downloaded Infinite by Eminem. Napster like, had been illegal by the time I started downloading music. Oh yeah. Do you remember the first video I ever watched on YouTube? I don't. And the first one I ever watched was like a three minute highlight video of the nineteen ninety-nine Champions League final. And that was like the only video I watched for like a month, I'd say, on YouTube. Probably so, that song. What Bar- am I going that, to watch? The, the Barthez song. Oh, yeah, chill. Or, um, no, there was, a, there was a video that did the rounds in Dundalk. It was everyone's flashbox on Bebo and it was on YouTube. I'm actually going to find it and send it to you. It was about this guy in a local estate who uh, was recording his mate doing solos. And a guy was coming past on the bike and he was like, Here's some crazy dude in a bike. And he kicked the football at the bike. And your man went over the handlebars and started losing it at the kid. <laughs> and then the mother came out and your man hit, hit, the, hit the kid. And the mother said, he's after hitting my child. And he was like, get away from me, you fucking knacker. You having a tooth in your head, you toothless bitch. All of this stuff. It was quality. It was it was Dundalk's biggest introduction into the internet, I'd say. Mm. At the time. Dundalk's on spot. I was actually speaking to Dundalk there. I was, uh, I mentioned earlier, I'm building my man cave and I was going to buy... I'm yes, looking for like I a, saw your uh, your two yeah. fridge tap combination. Yeah, uh, I want one of them. But I was look, like, I'm, I'm putting a little bar into the corner and I was looking, um, there's this class like bar front, like an old one for sale in fucking Drogheda, 200 euro. And it's like, they're for sale other places for like a, a 1900 euro, like two grand and stuff for the exact same amount. So I might be, I might have to make a trip to Drogheda, Andrew. There Call you go, I'll meet you halfway. I'll meet you yeah. in Drogheda, even though it's a, it's the Shelbyville of Loud. 
Dundalk. It's in Dundalk. Dundalk. In Dundalk. Unreal. Yeah. Maybe I'll just buy it to annoy you for my shed. Do yeah, do. But I'm gonna. Oh, it's gonna be a class York. You're gonna. There's gonna be man cave discussions here on this podcast for the next six months. Excellent. Do you Get know what we could do though. then? What? We could do a live live podcast. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be doing the podcast in my man cave when it's done. Are you? Yeah. That's beautiful. And now yeah. we're hitting the obligatory twenty minute mark, Sean. Beautiful. Yeah, because we did warn everyone. We did warn everyone. We're <coughs> an, an, an MMA slowdown at the moment. Yeah. So if we're, I suppose if we're going to make parallels between the United States and Ireland, we might as well go from the Stockton of Ireland, which is Dundalk, to the Stockton of America, where Nate Diaz is probably sitting on a fat cash pile of money, and he's about to double that. Yes. The, the reaction to this fight being... Well, it wasn't... An, it was. Did we talk said, about this last week? The fight no, was announced afterwards. Oh, beautiful. It was afterwards, yeah. Um, it wasn't announced officially, but Ariel said it, so you can take that as good as official that it's happening. The, I thought your reaction to this was absolutely insane. Like It was just pure n- negativity. Like, we no, we don't want to see this fight. How is this fight happening? Why is this fight happening? I was like, Jesus, I... I actually couldn't believe it. Like I, I was like, um, like I said it here last week, and I said it, you know, on Twitter and ever that like Frankie Edgar is the fight that should have been made, and I still think that's like I'd rather see that that fight personally. But if you can't understand why this fight is being made, you, like you need to change your thinking. Like it's just this this fight has been, and it's not exactly like it's an egregious matchmaking or anything. Like a big favorite who is a champion, lost to a huge underdog. Like, those are the sort of fights that are rematched. And, it's you know, it's not one of those rematches that's like, you know, Ken Velasquez against uh, Verdum, where, you know, he dominated him and nobody really wanted to see the rematch because Ken was out for so long before it and all. It's not like, you know, Weidman versus Rockhold, where, like, Weidman kind of, you know, he needs some time to cover. This is, you know, if, like, that first McGregor and Diaz fight, like if you didn't watch that and say, "Oh, if I saw that again, it could, something you know, it could happen differently," you actually don't know what you're watching. <laughs> I think I was like, I was talking to Graham about this. Like, people have the weirdest ideas of that fight. Like they have ideas. Like half the people think McGregor just like typical severe MMA hanging off Conor McGregor's nutsack. No, no, SBG. I do the opposite. You. Of that. Oh my God! No, I'm only joking. <laughs> I mean the opposite of that now. Like half the people think McGregor just dominated and got tired and lost, which isn't true. And another half of the people think uh, Diaz dragged him into his game. That's what wanted to happen, and he won. And McGregor will never have another chance if they fight again. He'll Diaz will win easier because he'll have full full camp, which also isn't true. Like that fight, you know, that was a weird fight. Like. It could like something like that could happen again, but I don't think it would. Like if they fought ten times, I don't think a fight similar to what happened in the first fight would happen again. Like me neither. I think McGregor could knock him out in the feet. McGregor could you know not knock him out and then get taken down and get submitted. Or Diaz could you know Diaz could use his range and dominate on the feet. You know if he fought a, a different kind of fight than he fought in the first round, like those things could happen. I think in, in a rematch. So like. Why not make it? I like I okay. I wanted Frank Edgar as well, but this isn't exactly, you know, this isn't fucking a, like a joke of a rematch. Plus, we know we know why the UFC are making it because the first one drew one point five million viewers on pay per view, yeah. and they're going to make the money. Like I said, 
I said it, um, this and is the fight that needs to be made. And it's the fight that needs to be exactly. made because of that. Like, people were like, how do, you, how do you mean this is the fight that needs to be made? What are you talking about? You're such an idiot. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they were the right about one thing. Like... Ever, yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. If the biggest fight ever, right? Biggest drama fight ever between your biggest star ever and a guy that's, you know. Not a needle mover. Love, LOL. <laughs> Uh, like, Nate Diaz fans will definitely want to, see, you know, Nate Diaz fans, when, when it comes around, maybe not at the moment, will definitely want to see Nate Diaz fight McGregor again. Like, I, 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 you know, I think this reaction was very kind of, people are calling it a short-sighted fight, which, you know, it is. <laughs> Combat sports is a short-sighted sort of thing. You Like, this is the fight. If if you made this fight, if you didn't make this fight, right? No. And Nate, like Nate Diaz, I think would lose probably to Ardiegi, and he'd lose to Robbie Lawler. Like McGregor has a tough fight against uh, Frankie Edgar coming up. Like, if any of those guys lose, this fight is gone. Like the biggest money fight you've ever had in the UFC probably is gone. And uh, like they they already you know they already missed out on home versus Rousey, and I don't think uh, I don't think they want to do it again. So look, they missed out on Anderson versus GSP. Yeah. This is like, like you've made some probably I don't I obviously you know that I hate complimenting you but I think you've made probably in those last couple of minutes some of the best points that you've ever made in 60 episodes of this podcast on so fair foxy on that there's a couple of things that I want to touch on from that do you like people that are people that are annoyed yeah fair enough I really want to see Connor fight Frankie Edgar yeah me too yeah. and that is a fight undoubtedly that I think would be an absolute classic but it it doesn't draw 1.5 million pay-per-view, pay-per-view buys. And people that think Connor exclusively brought in the 1.5 million against Diaz are completely wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Even from when Dana, was, when Dana said that Diaz wasn't a needle mover and all of the facts within a couple of hours come out to show that actually Nate Diaz is in fact a needle mover and a big star. <clears throat> now, instead of 11 days, we have three months hype of this fight. I agree that the fight should happen again, just from those point of views. But also, I want to throw out something towards the end of this. I want to throw it out now, and you react to it at the end of, of my couple of points. This fight, the best case scenario for Connor is that it doesn't main event UFC 200, and that it's a three-round fight. Okay? So just remember those, those two points for the yeah. end of it. But people that are, are going on... Man, Aldo didn't get a rematch. Aldo should have got a rematch. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, no, he shouldn't have because Aldo wasn't able to compete. Aldo physically wouldn't have been healthy enough to be able to compete within the time frame that Connor was going to get back into the cage and fight again. Do you know what I mean? Fair enough, Aldo does deserve a rematch sometime down the line, but he didn't deserve a rematch within three minutes of being knocked out unconscious as bad as he was knocked out. That's, like, that's undoubtable. Also, Connor, uh, in terms of like fighting Nate again... I've spoke about this so many times in the podcast. The UFC is no longer this honourable Bushido code where the best fighter fights the best fighter and the best fighter gets the most money and is rewarded the best. Do you know, it's it's not that anymore. It is a business. If the rumours are true, if the UFC, if the Fertitta brothers do want an NFL team, if the Fertittas are angling towards selling the UFC to for a valuation, a rumoured valuation of six billion, what they need to do in terms of when they come to the boardroom, when it comes to these meetings of chalking out the deals of how much the company is actually worth, they can turn around to whatever investment group are considering buying it and say, boys, if you play your card right, you will get 1.5 million pay-per-views on this fight. You'll get, no one wants to see uh, Uriah Faber fight Dominic Cruz again. I'd rather see a TJ Dillashaw rematch, but Cruz and Faber will draw more than 
uh, Cruz and TJ. Do you know what I mean? The fights that the UFC are making now are geared towards big pay-per-view numbers to make them look like an attractive property for someone to buy them. So they can say, look, if you play your cards right, if you stack your events in this certain way, if you promote your key fighters in this way and put them in the money fights that people want to see, as opposed to the fights that maybe make the sense for the division long term, you're going to cash in. That is exactly what the UFC are doing now. I can't, I just can't see it them not doing it any other way. They're chasing the money, and they're right to chase the money, because for so many years, they had the option and the possibility of maybe these big fights happening, and now, as fans, people have just done a complete U-turn. The same people that were crying for Anderson Silva to man up, or George St. Pierre to man up and fight Conor, or and fight, uh, fight each other, are now giving off that the UFC are capitalising on super fight opportunities. Because I agree with you, the fight can go completely different. Conor and Nate could fight five more times in their career <coughs> and no fight would look like the first one. Every fight would look different, I believe. Yeah. It's just, it's scandalous. And there was a great, like, we, we spoke about it, we broke it down at depth. Conor's shot selection, maybe looking flat-footed, not being as good as he's looked in other fights. We don't know what happened behind the scenes. We don't know what was happening all the time. We don't know if he just went out, if he got tired early, if he blew it, if he just was focused on knocking him out with the left hand. When has Conor McGregor ever been a fighter that looks like a same fi- the same fighter in his next fight? He's always adapted. He's always evolved. He's always improved his game. When he faced the struggles with Holloway about fighting a guy who's similar to him, he went away even though he got injured. But then he came back in the Brandau fight and the Parier fight and he looked like a completely offensively different striker because he was able to change and adapt his game in that time. Do you not think within a couple of months that the guy who has done so much in the UFC at this time already and shown outstanding ability and skill and technique would not be able to formulate a game plan around beating Nate Diaz over a three-round fight or over a five-round fight? Yeah, but, like, I don't even think people are thinking about that. that that's fair enough. And, I like, I think if most people thought about that, they'd probably, like, agree that it's going to be a different fight. But, like, in the actual making of the fight, like, this is... Or the UFC just is, put it out there to see the reaction and they're going to make the Edgar fight at 200. No, I don't know. I don't think so. Like, they need a special fight for UFC 200. And this is a special fight. Like, McGregor versus Edgar isn't a special fight, really, is it? It's just, like, another title defense. You know, it's a great fight. Like, all MMA fans would love to see that. You know, I want to see it. You want to see it. Like, everyone probably listening to this podcast wants to see it. But, like, we're a small minority. <laughs> like, fans of the sport, big hardcore fans are a small minority of the people who watch it. And, like, that in, that in itself isn't, you know, isn't a good reason enough to make the fight. Uh, to not make the fight, if you know what I mean. Like, <clears throat> there has to be other, like, other reasons why this fight should be made like if it's just like oh it's gonna you know like you said there with tj and and uriah like um you know there's it's gonna draw a little bit more so that's why they're making it it kind yeah it kind of is like that but for mcgregor and diaz this if ufc 200 wasn't coming up i don't think it'd be made straight away but they need something special for UFC 200. They want to maximise the revenue coming exactly, in there. Exactly, because and, of how they yeah. stack the events leading up to it. It's like yeah. We got a question that we're going to get to later on. It's looking like it could be an underwhelming enough card, bar the big draw. Like. Uh, I don't think it'll be underwhelming at all, um, to be honest. We don't, we don't know what, half of what's coming up yet. But another, Just another thing as well on the 145 on division. The amount of outcry there has been... They're holding up this division. They're oh, all- with the division we didn't care 
about on yeah. Bill Connor McGregor became notable in it. What? Won't somebody think of the fighters? The sanctity of the the hundred forty five pound belt has taken the biggest U turn that's <laughs> ever happened in sport. Like nobody gave a shit about it, and now, and look, other people have a point. Like when Jeff so Hardy just, was the hardcore champion. Just make an interim title between Aldo and and uh, Edgar. Easy. Put it on UFC two hundred. Have them fight for the interim title. If McGregor, um, if McGregor wants to come back. Title. Then, yeah, if McGregor wants to come back, then in November let him fight whoever the interim champion is. If he doesn't, let him vacate it and let the, whoever is the, wins the interim t- title become the champion. That's fair. Like people say, he needs to vacate now. He fought four months ago. Four months ago he fought. Four months ago, and people want him to vacate the title. Hang that man in the village and strip his fuck? belt. Like, I, I, like, and it's not just because it's Conor McGregor. This is ridiculous. Like, this, uh, like, we want. Uh, this is not a super fight, but we want these big fights to happen. Like, we, like, should Anderson Silva have fucking vacated his title because he went up and and fought a, a light heavyweight? <laughs> James Irvin. Like, I know this is. Is it James Irvin? McGregor's. Um, yeah, he fought a couple of times. He fought Stephen Bonner. He fought. But the thing, like, I know this is McGregor's second fight at a different weight. It's because the circumstances changed, because Dos Anjos pulled out, you know, it's, it's because Diaz had to step in and because he lost, obviously. So, like, circumstances have changed. It's not like he's, you know, he's, I've abandoned 145 and I'm never coming back. That's not the case. That could have been the case if he had fought Dos Anjos, beat him and become the champion. Then he could have said, okay, I'm staying at 155. This is my division. I'll, like, I'll vacate the belt in. That, like, that'd be fair enough. But that's not the case at the moment. The circumstances have changed, and it, like it needs to be put on a uh, that division needs to be put on hold for uh, for this fight to happen. Like as I said, make the make the interim title. There's an, I think there's no harm in that at all. It'll like Edgar needs to fight, Aldo needs to fight. It'll appease both of them. Someone will become the champion. That's fair enough. Like Aldo, like Aldo and Edgar are both both wanting a rematch or both want to fight McGregor. Aldo rematch and Edgar for the first time. But Edgar has already been beaten by Aldo. So, like, they both have, you know, they both have a say as to who should be next. I think, I think they both have a fair say. Because Aldo, okay, Triple he did get threat. knocked out. He did get knocked out. But, like, let them fight for it. Let them fight it out. I, like, I have, no, I have no problem seeing that. Like, you're not, you're not really killing off a contender because there's so many fights for McGregor to have that, you know, they're basically just lined up. Like, if he fights... um. Say if if Edgar wins, then he fights him. Like McGregor's not going to stay at uh, forty five anyway. I don't think he. He'll go straight up to one fifty five if he, you know, if he beats Edgar or whatever. And if he doesn't, then you have a rematch again, or you have you know you have Aldo. Or, there's plenty of big matches there. So, like these guys, I think these guys just need to, you know, they need to fight. They, like Edgar and Aldo can't turn into Tyron Woodley's just like roaring at, you know, <laughs> like, getting on Ariel's show uh-huh. like roaring saying, "Oh, next for title fight." You know, who's uh, were, did you put up something about Woodley being booked or a good fight for Woodley next? Yeah, Neil Magny. Yes, that's that the one. Yeah, um, that's I this I'm just browsing Reddit and this just came up. Uh, you know, the UFC fighter Johnny Case. Did you yeah. see that thing, the screenshot that he posted? No, so this guy was trolling him on Facebook Messenger, like sending him messages. Now, yeah. you want to try date, date the someone even after your weak ass lost she's gonna laugh at you just like everyone else you tapped out with 15 seconds left you pussy you paint your toenails as well wow what a 
Wow. Respond, mother. Respond. And then he sent a big, massive message back. The, the opening line is the best, really. Are you that immature? You've got to be one sick individual to try bully someone like this online and you've been doing it for a solid two months. Truth is, we both know I'd beat the living fuck out of you until you learned respect and never bullied one person ever again. And then it's him just going on. Respect to Johnny Case. What well, a legend, yes. standing up to internet trolls. He should beat yeah. the fuck out of him. We might as well get on to UFC Brisbane, so... We so might. We'll have a few questions about McGregor and Diaz later. What, what did you... Did you see that fight? What did you think of it? I didn't see the case um, fight. I saw the co-main and the main, because I just yeah, got out of work at that time. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of Johnny Case, though. I'm a fan I've of seen Jack him fight Matthews, live before. Yeah, I'm a fan of Jack Matthews. He beat him. He, uh, like... I saw a lot of people talking about Jake Matthews that he's a good athlete, but he's you know he's not improving enough. He doesn't have the skills yet. I think he's improved a lot. Um, We've spoken about him before in the podcast. We have the yeah. Conor McGregor of Australia. Yeah, he rem- you know he reminds me a bit, a little bit of Arnold Allen, like that. He we know he's like he's a really good athlete, and we know there's improvements coming, but they haven't really come yet. And I think a lot of them came for him last Saturday. Like Johnny Case is a Johnny Case is a very very good fighter, and like. You know, I was thinking as well. It's a bit, a bit of a hard fight to, um, you know, for him to be given at at near early stage of his career. Like Johnny Case, that was his, I don't know, his twenty six or seven fight. And Johnny Case was. I don't know if he's. And I had it here on Twitter, twenty two and five, but I don't know if that's yeah. after the result of the fight before. But he's he's fought over twenty times compared to Matthews, yeah. who was having his tenth fight or his eleventh fight. Yeah, but like I was very impressed with him. I think you. No, I'm not I'm actually not sure where he's training. I must I must ask someone, but I think he did a little bit of training in in Jackson's a while back. But um, like oh, it's difficult to know what kind of training he's getting in Australia and stuff or where, where he's doing it. But I'm sure we can confirm that. But I think he I think he's a huge prospect in the UFC. But the lightweight division is such a you know it's such an, an alligator pool that you you don't know how he's. Uh, uh, you know how he's long term, how he's going to get on, but I think he's he's one of the top prospects in in the UFC. But um, yeah, there was uh, good and wins as well there for. Happened, uh, happened on the card. Yeah, Steve Boss but, got a good um, knockout against James Tahuna. Um, Beck Rollins actually impressed me an awful lot. I watched her fight with so yeah, very impressive. A lot of improvements with her hands. Like we we spoke about Beck Rollins before, and like. You know, kind of said she's one of these fighters. Maybe got in there in her name, and she's kind of popular, and people like her and stuff. Or people kind of fear her as well. She's a lot of, a lot of that. She's kind of a character. But she, uh, I was very, very impressed with her on on Saturday night. Her, I thought her hands were good. I think So Yam is a, is a good little fighter as well. And um, I was very impressed with with Brick Rollins' uh, her hands. But she's you know she's a little bit unathletic and she gets very she gets uh she gets very tired in fights and stuff like that and that happened again but i, I was impressed with her her improvement but um yeah i suppose we can get on to the the top two fights i was you, more you gonna a, ask you uh yeah. can we not give a shout out to rin nakai's double leg great grappler um, the greatest female grappler in the world exactly yeah the reback deal has ruined her pity, oh yeah completely that's the only uh, person that we want to see uh out of yeah. reebok gear like yeah, Leslie Smith. I'm a big fan of Leslie Smith. Um, the another one, the Diaz brothers, uh, proteges, good fighters, also. And Ross Pearson beat Chad Breeze. I didn't by uh, by decision. Shoutouts to yeah. Irish MMA fighter Tommy Quinn working the corner of Ross Pearson, oh, as well as a friend of Severe MMA Jimmy Harbison. He was uh, he was both of Ross's cornermen as well. Nice beard Tommy Quinn has, isn't he? Oh, fantastic! I'd say he pulls some women down in Australia. I'm not joking. 
Jimmy Harvison put up a picture of the two of them together and uh, there was a couple of comments being like, who is your friend? And it's like, he's just... I'd say the reason that man will not come back to Ireland ever is because he is so popular in Newcastle. He is uh, he trains a lot of like Geordie Shore guys. He's very well known in the area. He's gorgeous. He's a fighter. What more could you want? What more could you want? And he doesn't like... If we can just shout out to him for a second. He's one of the... like. Irish MMA fighters generally have a good reputation of doing this, but in terms of European MMA fighters at welterweight, he's lost his last two fights, but he fought Lewis Long and Matt Inman, two of the hardest possible fights that he could have got. Someone then, and they were both very close fights, someone sent him a message saying, because he's a ticket seller, they'll give him someone easy, and Tommy screenshotted it, put it up saying, like, I will never do this. He's like, I will always only fight the best fights, the ones that will challenge me, the ones that will get me up to actually train. This is an embarrassment, and fighters who do this should be embarrassed. Yeah. So, fair play to him. But I saw him fighting once in a live. I think you saw him fight at Cage Warriors against Philip Mulpeter. Uh, maybe, yeah. Possibly. Yeah, I think I did. Um, I think it was Philip Mulpeter, anyway. Um, anyway, co-main event. What did you think? Good crack. Some fight. Everybody, look... Sean, yeah. I'm going to let you just work away here. I'll be back in 20 minutes. I have to do a few messages up there and you'll probably be finishing up there talking about the ref. See, this was a bit of a weird one for me because um, I watched this. I watched it the next day and I, I don't want to... This one's on bad now, but I watched it with the sound off because Kenny Florian was uh, commenting. So, it, you know, it looked. it's kind of a weird when you're not hearing those things with, with commentary sometimes. But I was like, uh, you know, in the first round, we're obviously talking about the stoppage being a, you know, a bit mad and stuff in the Hector Lombard against uh, Neil Magny. In the first round, like, there's an argument it could have been stopped, but I think uh, Lombard or uh, Magny did very was well. Was defending himself play. very well from yeah, Turtle. And I, I think the referee deserves credit for that as well because he did a good job of recognising what Magny was doing. Like, he was trying to get back to his feet. He was obviously wobbled and stuff, but he was clearly protecting himself. He, was, you know, he wasn't out. His fight wasn't over. But Lombard... In the second round, when Magni came back into it, he like he got him into a triangle, and then um, then he ended up in mount after that. From there, he like he just laid it on him like it was. I remember I was watching. I actually watched it just again there before we we came on. It was like ninety seconds left on on the clock when he got the dominant position on top. And for a like for a second, Lombard, you know, he he um he caught. I think it was the right hand. He caught like un, you know under his arm the way the way the catcher where kind of he put his glove into his you know in between his elbow and his wrist and his underarm and kind of kept it in there and Magni was beating him for maybe ten fifteen seconds. I was like, okay, he's defending himself. You know, he's he's one of his arms and anyway, he's defending himself. But then he let that go and he kind of got flattened out. And there was a one stage where he was flattened out, where he, both hands were like both palms were against the ground and yeah. Magni was beating him. And the referee didn't stop it, and he kind of put up his hands a little bit, and like put his hands to the side of his face, and he was still beating him. He's like hitting him to the back of the head even a couple of times, and he was just beating down and beating on him like for a good forty-five seconds with no response from Hector, and like the the referee just said nothing. He just left to go, and then at one stage, when it, like thirty seconds after it should have been stopped, he got he's like Hector, fight back, and like fight back he's like what are you talking about and Hector kind of moved a bit and he moved to a position where he took more damage and Magni was just like punching him from it was kind of like 
a side mount kind of a job and he was just punching him straight in the face like 10 times on answer and he still didn't stop it like when he, when Magni came out for the or um, Lombard came out for the second oh he was done he was like a zombie he was just finished like it was it was just wrong it was like Percival is a joke of a referee to be honest he's always has been a joke of a referee this yeah, this sport we've speak, spoken about it so many times like it's predicated on safety of fire, of the fighters like I'm not I don't want to watch this sport Unless they're going, fighters are going to be taken care of. Like, it turns into barbarism if that happens. Like, it turns into what all these people say it is. Like about you know these people writing hit pieces about the sport. That's what it turns into if you if you have terrible refereeing. Like that is it. That's exactly what it turns into. And I like, I think guys like Steve Percival are no good for the game. Like, there's great referees out there like John McCarthy and and Herb Dean and Mark Goddard and all, and everyone makes mistakes. But this wasn't a mistake. This was like a prolonged beating that he let happen. Like, he was standing there and he just let it happen. And, you know, things things like that can't be let go. I, yeah, I don't... It, I want you know, blood. Yeah. Oh, if I was if I was a fighter and he was ref in my fight, I'd put in, a, put in a complaint. I wouldn't let him... I wouldn't let him ref it. And it's not just for me. Like, you could see Neil Magny. Neil, Neil Magny felt bad about beating Hector Lombard so badly. Like, he knew Hector Lombard was finished. And he, like... Nobody fighters like don't want to, fighters just want to get this fight over and done with. They don't want to be putting these big beatings like your like Hector Lombard might never be the same again after what happened to him on, on Saturday night. So you know, terrible. I was watching it with a couple of friends after work. Um, we finished early on Saturday night. Went back to one of the lads' house. He had a uh, had fight pass up on the phone, and it was just it was scandalous. Now more than ever when we've actively been talking about damage and the long-term health repercussions of this sort of thing it was absolutely scandalous and when you say i'm going to challenge on one thing when you say the ref did well in the first round because magni was actively defending himself i just think the ref's an idiot and just paid no attention to that and wasn't like he was like no this is fine this is fine this is fine being oblivious to it not being like oh you're defending yourself well just being like no he hasn't punched him enough or he hasn't stopped moving yet he hasn't gone unconscious I like if it came out tomorrow that that referee had a bet on Hector Lombard I would not be surprised in the slightest it was just absolutely scandalous in this day and age like God knows what's going to happen in uh, God who's that never heard of him (laughs) thank Graham uh this day and age (laughs) that was a good impression by the way in this day and age uh, we're going to have like Australia already is very much against mixed martial arts, and I, I maybe I'm being a little bit unfair saying that. There's a lot of fans, there's a lot of Irish over there. They love the sport, but it seems like a lot of government officials do not like the sport. It was uh, only recently it was wasn't it banned? You can only do it in a cage. You can only do it in a ring. I remember that being out around the time George Adaropoulos, and now they thought the Holly Home thing was too violent, and there was a bit of an outcry. What is something like that going to do? like a guy lying prone not defending himself getting strikes Magny was furious with the referee when he got up at the end of that second round he was looking at the referee while hitting and being like what are you doing like why are you doing this and then the man that I've given shit to in the past right hold my hands up now completely Mark Goddard in that main event did the right thing he like well actually no I don't want to say he did the right thing because Mark Hunt had already decided the fight was over before Goddard had even stepped in and had began walking away. But for Frank Mir to thank, uh, how many times do we see a fighter in Frank Mir's position get an extra couple of shots for good measure? 
from the guy that the guy that knocked him down like that. It was just that that should never happen again in the sport of mixed martial arts. I know when they go away to different places, Mark Ratner, I think does he appoint the officials? Am I uh, right in saying that? The yeah, UFC appoint the yeah, officials the anyway. That guy will never work a UFC event again. That was just uh, oh. It was hard to watch. And I've spoke about this before, Sean. It was like for me it's <clears throat> fair enough. It's people putting themselves in there voluntarily they know the risks but they know the risks of a fight they don't like they're the reason that the referee is there is to protect them when they can no longer yeah. protect themselves from further damage and maybe if they're a bit gung-ho and being like no i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i'll keep going i'll keep fighting hector lombard that fight should have been stopped he's even now he shouldn't fight for another six to eight months there's not a hope i want to see hector lombard back in there within the next couple of months it was just, it was hard to watch. And I've struggled watching stuff like that in the past at local shows. Um, when Tommy McCafferty got knocked out by Teddy Violet that time last year. And when Damian Rooney got knocked out by Tom Dukenwa. For me, they were two very, very hard things to watch. Coupled by the fact that I'm, fr- I'm friendly and I train with those guys. And also that there were such devastating knockouts with bad repercussions in terms of like their immediate health afterwards. It was just... It, for me, it's starting to get to the stage that this is getting tough to watch, but oh, it was it was horrible. But there's some things like that, like the, the UFC Dublin where McGregor fought Brando. There was one of the fights on on the undercard. It was one of the light heavyweight guys. Was it um, Donovan? Was it that Cody Donovan? Donovan. Yeah, he got knocked out heavily, and like he was just laying on the canvas. I was in the crowd at the time. I was like 16 year old. I had great seats. Like I was. And I was looking straight down, and he was just like lying face first on the canvas, and I was just like, you know, like I didn't he retire? He did, yeah. But after that fight, yeah, it's weird sometimes. Like, like I'd been to three or four cage orders of Vincent stuff before that, and like I'd see knockouts and stuff live, but sometimes you just there's ones kind of they just stand out to you, like, and that's always stood out with me. Like there was a really heavy, like was a Kone the last time at Bama got a very heavy knockout. As well, but that didn't, you know, that uh, was kind of just, Kone knocked out. Oh, the one that out, you were at. Out, yeah, someone got a knockout heavily. He knocked it. out but, Paul Byrne at the last one. No, it was the one before that that oh, I was right. at. Yeah, but anyway, the, like that Donovan one, it just really stood out. And like I have, a, they don't really show it in fight pass or anything. Like for how long he was actually down there, and like it was, it was, you know, looking down, he was unresponsive for like sixty seconds or more. And it's like it's one of those things that kind of you know, brings it up to you that like this this sport is fucking you know this sport needs to needs all those medical um, you know exams and needs you know it needs good refs and it needs fucking good good judges and everything like that. S- something that bothers me, right? And it happened, I think, in this fight, or maybe it happened in the main event. You know when the doctors come into the cage? Yeah. Unless, is there two doctors assigned to each fighter? Is there a doctor assigned to each fighter? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, it always seems like one doctor goes to the guy who wins straight away, and then they go to the person who is on the ground. And in my mind, I'm thinking, send both, get them both. Look, like, there needs to be attention on the person who's just been badly hurt. Straight up, like. But. Uh, There's two doctors. Is there? Oh, well then. Never mind. Ignore that Um, point entirely. Just before we get on to the main event. Neil Magny, you have to give him props. Oh, some a, performance. What a performance. What a, what a career resurgence. So I wish he had a got the tap. I'm not going to lie. It looked like he was going to submit him at one point. Yeah. Just like he's he's one of those guys that you all, you know. 
I'm surprised Lombard's arm didn't break, actually. <coughs> yeah. He had him a couple of times, actually. You remember he had a, the triangle arm bar? Had the triangle the switch to the arm bar and then underhooked the leg as well, which was going to make look like it was going to make the triangle go on even tighter. Lombard, or um, Magni is one of those guys that, you know, you kind of hold out hope. Oh, he could be a good fighter if he makes improvements. There's loads of fighters like that we're always speaking about. But he's actually done them. And he's actually become, like, a top welterweight now. And it's, like, I didn't, I honestly didn't think it would happen, but it did. Like, and, it, like, he's done it by being active. He's done it by being really tough. And he's done it by, you know, putting his nose to the grind and improving. Like, he's he's fighting, he's uh, training team elevation there. Well, I don't know if he's training with Ludwig, Dan Ludwig, but they have Lister, Lister Bowling and a couple more guys like that there. Who are, like, they have a great team there. But um, he's training with Matt Brown as well, I think. Um and like he's, I, I put up a thing there. In the time that Ken Velasquez fought, you know, before he didn't fight Verdum and after he didn't fight after Verdum, in in that period between October two thousand and thirteen and now, Velasquez has fought once, and Magni has fought twelve times in that same time, and like that's unbelievable. And he's won eleven of them. He's only lost to Damian Maya when he he was sick and he went into that fight and lost. But Damian Maya, obviously, you know brought him to where he needed to bring him and beat him but what like I I can't say enough good things about Neil Magny to be honest and like that uh, we spoke about it earlier but that Tyrone uh, Tyron Woodley fight that's the fight that needs to happen I think Tyron Woodley needs to beat someone like Neil Magny before he deserves a title shot in my opinion and I think Magny has done enough if Magny bought to beat Tyrone Tyron Woodley he's, he's up there maybe one, one fight away from a title shot and he's a more deserving one than someone like Tyron Woodley I agree. So if he beat Tyrone Woodley, that's a good, like, solid run of wins for him to be like, yeah, title shot, that's fair enough. No one will really dis- disagree. Maybe a fight against uh, Carlos Condit or Johnny Hendricks or something like that just yeah. before you get it. But if the way the division laid out, say if, uh, if Wonderboy and Rory get into an absolute epic fight and both guys are on the sidelines for a while, Neil Magny's booked to fight Tyrone Woodley in the next couple of months, then we have the welterweight, maybe a welterweight title fight at UFC 200. Um or is it, was it booked for another event? Or is there anything in no, place yet? yet? Let's yet. say Robbie Lawler fights someone and then gets a quick win. He's free. Do you know what I mean? No one would disagree with saying, yeah, Neil Magny gets a shot because other guys are on the fence. Whereas think, uh, Tyrone Woodley, it's like, no. I think Damian Maya might disagree. Well, yeah, but whatever. Is it Maya? But I think you're making fair points there. But I was... I was saying the same thing as you were saying, but we forget about Maya. Everyone seems to forget about Maya. Yeah, like, it's I'm sorry. Us. I like that was it's, just me there. I yeah. just completely forgot he existed. And but I, I forgot about him as well. But everyone seems to fucking forget about him. Like Maya's put an unbelievably good run together. Like he's beaten loads of good guys, and you know, he like for me, he's ahead of Tyron Woodley. You know, he's he's ahead of Magny because he beat him. You know, he I think he's up there with Wonderboy in deserving it for me. But he's fighting Matt Brown now as well, so. Um, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Damian Maya against Robbie Lawler. That'd be a good fight. I could You'll see two or one or something. Yeah, I could get down with that. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Anyway, so event. main event time. Uh, what a performance! Uh, yeah. Well, like I don't want to say that I called it, but I called it. Yeah, I called it as well. Well, look, we're both legends. My my bet of the week was Mark on first round knockout. Was it? What odds was that? Twenty three to ten. Really? So, yeah. So pretty much two to one. More than two to one, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I could not see the fight going any other way. The two guys that I was with were like, Frank Mir's going to beat him. Frank Mir's going to beat him. And I just started laughing. I was like, lads, this is absolutely nothing other than, even though he has a reach advantage, a good reach advantage, he will not 
try use it in the slightest. I was like, he will use he will use strikes to be able to try set up some form of takedown, and Mark Hunt will be able to hit him while he's doing that. He'll hit him once, and that'll put Mira off the takedown, and then it'll just be no, we're just running time down here now until Mark Hunt connects him with one clean. If you want to throw it out there, Frank Mir looked in the worst shape of his life. Wink, wink. And uh, I just, he can't take a punch anymore. I don't want to see Frank Mir have to fight anymore. I don't want to see Frank Mir have to take a knockout like that anymore. He thanked Mark Goddard for saving him any unnecessary punishment. And when a camp and a fighter goes out of their way to thank a fighter, uh, to thank the referee for taking that punishment, you know that the end of their day is finally here. What did you think, what did you think of that stoppage? I, like for me, okay, it was here. Hunt here. shouldn't be doing that. I don't think. No, Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt shouldn't do something like that. And I see a lot of people being like, "Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant, Mark Goddard." And I know I praised him earlier on, but Mark Hunt needs to at least actively make the move to Conor McGregor, slow mo, and Ivan Bushinger to say it because, yeah. Frank Mir landed in a position that, even though he was out of it, even though he may have, his eyes may have been glazed over, Frank Mir landed in a position that so often in fights we see guys get there, a half-hearted ground-and-pound shot wakes them up, an up-kick puts the guy who put them down back a little bit further, and they're able to recover and regain their consciousness in the 15 to 30 seconds. Do you know what I mean? People yeah. saying, like, yeah, well, if he was okay, he wouldn't have stayed on the ground in his back for thirty seconds. And it's like, well, he's just now he's he knows he's already lost the fight. No, but I. Why are you going to get up? I no, no, but that. no, no. It's it's not. It's part of a, an active point here. It's like the thirty seconds that he spent on his back could easily have been thirty seconds in a competitive mixed martial arts fight where he's still able to kick back with his legs, or maybe a tiny shot wakes him up, or he's able to get himself back together a little bit quicker. But the difference between that. Those 30 seconds and the 30 seconds after a fight is, you know, the fight's over. You're after having a fight. You're after being knocked down. You're after your head scrambled. You're in no rush to get back up. Why are you? Why would you try to get back up to your feet instantly? You know that the fight's over. Frank Mayer's a veteran. He knows that uh, he's not going to be able to change the referee's mind. Usually, I'd say what Mark Hunt did there was kind of wrong. He needs to fight on and, he, you know... But then it doesn't look cool, and, Sean. Yeah, that's true, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, in in that situation, you like the fight isn't over when he knocks him down. Like he kind of needs to fight on, and the referee needs to encourage him to fight on. Usually, but on Saturday night, Mir was clearly out of it, and he couldn't like he couldn't get up. He was on the ground for more than way more than thirty seconds, and he clearly couldn't get up. So on, in that situation, Saturday night, it well was then fine. I need to watch it again because I saw it live and I saw it as that. So apologies for that if he was down for a lot longer and if he was, he was clearly out of it. Yeah. But you have to admit, we do see that position in fights so much that, yeah. for example, John Cavanaugh's biggest criti- criticism of the Marcus Brimage fight, Connor swarming him with strikes because those strikes wake people up and bring them back. Yeah, but like in, in that situation, most people, or not most people, but a lot of people in, Frank's Mir- in Frank Muir's situation would be dazed, but would be able to fight on, or would be able to turtle, or would be able to know if Mark Hunt got down, get him in the guard and hold him on her. You know, a lot of people wouldn't be totally over. When you get knocked down, like, the fight isn't over. And Mark Hunt kind of just made it over. And, you know, it's a very tough, like, it's a tough spot for Mark Goddard, or for any referee in that spot. And I think Mark Goddard got a little bit lucky because of Frank Mir was out and the fight was over. But it could have been controversial. I think, like, 
Matt Goddard did a great job on all, or like any referee, it isn't just him. Like any referee probably would have gone in and stopped that fight. You know, like even if Mir wasn't totally out of it, unless like he just jumped up or something. Like, like that's great for Mark Hunt to do the walk away, but I don't know. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit dodgy and. You know, when fights end like that, it's a little bit like the the Bisping um, Bisping Anderson fight. You can't like you can't call the fight off yourself. Like you know, you have to kind of wait for the referee to do it. And I think it might be a little bit from uh, Mark Hunt's uh, kickboxing career. You know, if you knock someone down in kickboxing, obviously you, you walk away for a tank you walk hand. Away and wait. Yeah, exactly. And I think he's never kind of got rid of that. So maybe um, maybe he doesn't need that. Maybe it's working in his favor, and he's he's doing it right all the time. So continue, Mark Hunt. Be yeah, you. Be what you. a great man. We love it. Um, I'm having internet troubles here at the moment, Sean. Is there anything else you want to talk about just before I uh, get these questions up? Any uh, burning issues, burning desires? What about uh, Rory McDonald? Is he announced last week? We just for a couple of minutes um, that he will be going into free agency uh, after his wonder by fight. <laughs> like we hmm. spoke about it a couple of times now. I why, wonder why, why the UFC fight? made that fight. We know exactly why they made the fight. <laughs> Like that was the first thing that came into my head after it. It's like, okay, oh yeah, they're just giving <laughs> oh, yeah, Murray no. the toughest possible fight they could give him. So if if he goes into free agency, he goes in there with a loss. Makes um, sense. It makes total sense now from from the UFC's uh, point of view. Um, but Rory McDonald is the biggest fighter to ever go into free agency. Maybe like Randy Couture and stuff did before did he and Dan Henderson and things. This I is th- gonna turn into a. This is the biggest fight in Irish MMA history every time Conor McGregor fights sort of thing. Every time someone tests free agency, people are going to be falling over themselves to write, this is the biggest time we've ever seen a free agency go. Like It's like, Ben Henderson, yeah, cool. But Rory, like, and everyone was falling over themselves at that. But in the grand scale of things, like, Rory McDonald is pretty much guaranteed the biggest guy who's ever tested free agency. And for a man who seemed, Sean, this is where I want to throw it back to you, for a man who seemed like such a company man... You know, he gave, he gave the impression he was, he was, yeah, UFC, UFC, coming from a gym that has good links with the UFC. Now I think we're starting to see the shift that fighters aren't happy. And if you want to elaborate on this a little bit more, I saw it on Reddit this morning. Shane Carwin is now starting a fighter management services. And if any fighters want, like he's becoming a manager for fighters. And if any fighters want to get in touch with him, he said, shoot me a message. Yeah, well, just on Rory, like... I think Rory is genuinely, you know, the biggest guy in modern anyway. Maybe you can turn to stuff as different, but modern MMA with uh, this whole new free agency thing, he's de- he's definitely the biggest. Like he's one of the top ranked guys in the world. Like I think he's personally one of the top pound for pound fighters in the world. I know he lost Robbie Lawler twice and stuff, but I still think he's a great fighter. Um, a huge asset for Bellator, especially like you know their welterweight. You know that that Vincent Henderson fight could be a big fight. You know, they've a couple of more guys around lightweight that could move up as well, and you know, <clears throat> they've they've plenty of fights for him there. But um, yeah, it, it it's a change, and you know, it's a good change because guys like Rory McDonald and Vincent Henderson and you know Aljamain Sterling and stuff, you know, they're paving the way for not just guys in the present but guys in the future as well. You want to make more money in MMA. Fighters aren't getting enough, and this is how they do it. Like. We speak about a union so often, but a union is a little bit unrealistic at the moment unless something huge happens. But this is the way individuals can help. Like they're not maybe they won't help other people in so far as it's not going to push up the wages for everyone. But they might help people realize that okay, I can do this as well. You know, 
uh, I can get a contract offer a contract and maybe I can say okay maybe someone will pay me a little bit a, bit, a little bit more and I'll go to them instead if you if you don't uh, if you don't stump up to pay me uh, the same amount um, and like I think that is that's as well down to Bellator maybe being a prospect you know being somewhere where you can go maybe get a little bit easier fights look like look what rampage did when he went over there he got like three easy wins and got big money like for guys maybe who are coming to the end of their career it's it's good maybe guys you know still starting off might be a little bit different but um it's it's no longer you know it's no longer a case of it's the UFC or UFC or boss like people don't mind fighting for Bellator now they're you know if they're pulling in the big money you know they'd rather secure their future and they'd rather you know get big money rather than fighting the UFC for maybe something something less so you know that's that's a good thing in one way for the fighters that they have another option um, but obviously um, you know it might you know everyone else might like that but it's good that more people are doing this I think because that's the way it needs to to do like that's what happens and you know. In all American sports, obviously soccer and stuff here is a different way of doing it. They, they, they have a different way of getting their leverage. But every sport has, you know, the fighters or the, the you know, the competitors have leverage and and um and can use it. And you know, as you say, Shane Carwin coming in, maybe you know he's a probably pretty smart guy. If he if he can help them utilize their leverage against uh, the UFC or against Bellator or whatever. Um, it, it's it's good for it's good for everyone. Like, and it's not just UFC. Will Will um, jeez, what's his name? The Bellator lightweight champion, Will, Will Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, he's talking about going into free agency as well and getting out to get to the UFC. So they'll make him an offer, and the Bellator will have the matches also. It works for everyone, so it's good for everyone in every promotion. Tell me this before we get on to questions. Yes. Did you watch your fight? I watched uh, bits of it. I didn't. I didn't buy the pay per view or anything, but I saw the gifts and I saw the matches and stuff. How cool is that show? First of all, the did Roy Jones Junior really fight a fan, or was it a boxer, like a shit it, boxer? It was, it was an MMA fighter who who'd fought a couple of times, I think, and he knocked him out. Hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious. Did that Chelsea, get rid of the grappling match? Yeah, with Bisbing, like that's just. Yeah. Or make it that guy that was you know was on Metamoris, the the small kind of guy, Jeff that, Glover. Jeff Glover, him, yeah. yeah. They the should they should do like exciting jujitsu matches like that. Like something like Ryan Hall against Jeff Glover. Ryan Hall well. against Jeff Glover. Exactly. Matchups like that that people will actually be like, oh, this is kind of fun. Jiu-jitsu's cool. But Chael Sonnen against Michael Bisbing, like Michael Bisbing doing a QA when he had Chael up against the ropes. Cool story. Yeah. Like the deathly top close the depth the deathly top guard from Chael Sonnen, man who'll sit on his knees all day. Like it's just let's get I a bit how more. Much got paid for that. I, apparently they got paid up front. Apparently they got paid well. It's a set up by a venture capitalist in a venture capitalist in Canada. Apparently is the guys that are funding the money into it. But apparently met Ray Mysterio and Kurt Angle all the night. Oh, it looked like a great match. Looked yeah. like a lot of nice spots. Um, go on. I did you see the rumored card for the second one? No, I didn't. Ken didn't. Shamrock versus Dan Severn. That was supposed to happen this time, wasn't it? Jean Claude Van Damme versus a fan. <laughs> And RVD versus Jerry Lynn in a Jerry wrestling match. Jerry Lynn, hardcore legend. Never heard of him. Oh, you're an idiot. <sighs> anyway, a couple of questions. Yes. We have a couple of... Uh, Do you get my Facebook ones as well? 
what Facebook ones? Did you send me a I Facebook lo- message? No, I'll open up the Facebook ones. You do the ones on Twitter. Okay, so. I've got a couple here on Twitter. A uh, couple of good ones. As always, the first man in there, Mr. Podge, friend of the podcast. Great man. He just threw one out there. How many times will Eminem concert be discussed before you wonder if you're actually in the Matrix? <coughs> so, yeah, we got that in there today. L- look, it, we got it already in there as well earlier on. Yeah. But, it, you know, if you, if you have a podcast every week for... 60 weeks in a row you're going to repeat stuff <laughs> this is going to happen like it happens on Joe Rogan all the time but yeah we'll probably probably get another couple of mentions but he has two two genuine legitimate questions anyway okay um, how many fighters need to fail a drug test before Jim's rep is finally tarnished do Lombard and Yoel Romero cast doubt on other ATT fighters <sighs> now this opens up a funny share dog thread that I read the other day about that website, ENT Imports. Do you know the one that's just been spammed all around the place at the minute? Yeah. That's run and set up by a guy who's affiliated, who, or is a coach at ATT Atlanta. Uh, is that true? He used to, the guy who runs it used to run uh, bjpen.com. Yeah. Then maybe it's the guy that has registered it. There's a massive Sherdog conspiracy thread about it, blah, blah, blah. And because they reported that something about Yoel Romero being cleared but didn't change the URL the hyperlink and it's just it's a very good I'll send you the link to it but it seems like those guys have an active interest in ATT and will promote ATT news that being said I think it's unfair to maybe think that all of them are at it because ATT has turned into a, a corporation now you know they have their main gym in Florida and outside of that everything else is just you pay money to be associated with us and depending on the amount of money you pay you can either be a level 1 level 2 level 3 or an ATT actual gym mm. what do yeah. you think I, I, I don't give a joke. you can't tarnish everyone with their own like I think there are camps in the past maybe not I'm not sure now maybe but that we're all you know on the gimmick together but I don't think um, the gimmick you, I don't think you can accuse them or anything like that but uh yeah, I, yeah, I don't think so. To be honest, I think people—it's an individual thing. Yeah, a lot of the time. How will here, uh, what? Here's here's a question. Go, Danny, Danny Berry on, on uh, Facebook. Who do you think is a righteous number one contender in each division? Hmm. Let's let's go through them. Um, women's strawweight. I think that's Gidelia. That's fair. Claudia, she's getting yeah. her shot anyway, so that's fair enough. Women's bantamweight. Who's the number one contender to Misha? Cats and Gano. What? Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? It is because there's mm. no like Amanda Nunes. I suppose is if you're going by the, what we spoke earlier about a Bushido code about someone being the next rightful challenger. I'd nearly say Ronda because Ronda beat her twice. Yeah, but we don't know what Ronda's story is like if she's coming back. Yeah, but uh, that's not that's not the kind of mind of it. Okay, um, flyweight. Demetrius. Um, is this the person that I want to see fight no, for the title the most? Who you or? think should be like by a sporting sense that doesn't really exist, I suppose. But I, I think uh, I probably think it should be Joseph Benavides, but it is in Henry Cejudo, and I know Joseph has lost him already. I think the fact that like we spoke before about how Benavidez is the guy that would be the champion if someone like Demetrius Johnson was never alive and never thought of uh, fighting mixed martial arts but the UFC seemed to be for the most part given the people now at some divisions the people who deserve the shot you know people were talking about Henry Cejudo coming straight in for a title shot 
as soon as he signed to the UFC. You know, like he'll be the guy to be able to fight Demetrius Johnson, just let him get a win or two, and then that's fine. Yeah. Um, 135, yeah, TJ Dillashaw. Not, uh, definitely not Uriah Faber. Yeah, I'd agree with Dillashaw. Or if we're, if we're looking a little bit further down the line, like in six months' time, we're going to be saying Almeida or Lineker or Garbrandt. Either of those three guys can, can be fighting for a title, I think, within Did the next Did you hear, uh, yes. Garbrandt fighting? Garbrandt is fighting Lineker. Oh, or is it Almeida? He's, Almeida fight, he's fighting one of them anyway, and I'm like, when I saw event. it, I was like, oh! Excellent. 145, Frankie Edgar. Edgar. Fair enough, no qualms there. 155, though. This is tough now. It's definitely not Eddie Alvarez. How is Eddie Alvarez number one? He was 2-1 and one in the OC. It's Khabib, but yeah. he's made out of, like, disposable materials that can't hold up in a fight I'd actually say it's Nathan Diaz why because he beat someone at 170 if he beat a champion yeah fair enough give him the shot 170 I think we stumbled upon it this show Damian Maya heir to the throne I you know what I'd go with that even though Wonderboy even though Wonderboy I'm glad you did that Uh, Uh, middleweight middleweight Jacare. He lost to Yoel, but Yoel was gimmicked. Yeah. Um, Tim Kennedy. No. <laughs> Michael Bisbing, actually. Bisping is By- Michael yeah, Bisbing. Bisping, yeah. Is, yeah. Michael Bisbing, let him in there. Uh, 205. That's Jones. fair enough. Jones yeah. coming in. He never lost his belt. Yeah. Uh, Heavyweight Stipe. Most yeah. underrated at the moment. Definitely deserves yeah. his chance to get a title shot. There you go. How will Barrow get on at 145? Could he be a title contender or will the size mean he'll just be around the top five? Uh, in case you missed it, he's fighting Jeremy Stevens in his featherweight debut, or at least are penciled in for that fight. One of the biggest 145ers. So I think we're going to get the answer to that question sooner rather than later. That was Mr. Podge's follow up question. Yeah. I don't think he'll ever be a champion, but he could be, you know, he could be, he'll be a top 10 or anyway, definitely. Um, his style might translate a little bit better to, to 145 because there are not as dynamic there and he struggles against very dynamic fighters. Like, I think he'd struggle against McGregor fighting like McGregor. Um, I think he'd, he'd struggle against Aldo. They'll probably never fight. He'd probably struggle against uh, Edgar, but I think he'd beat Lamas maybe. He'd give him a good fight anyway. Um, I'd like to see him fight Bermudez. That'd be a good fight. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of good fights there for him. Um. John Harker at Cape May Irish. Are there any decent MMA movies aside from Warrior? No. <laughs> and Warrior's only good because the Nationals in it. That one, um, that one that Kevin James made was pretty funny. I, I enjoyed it. Here comes the boom. I've never seen it. It's funny enough. I won a DVD of it years ago. There you go. Question from Fergal McGarman. Do you ever go fishing? No. But as I, I always say, Sean. You might catch a lot of flies with honey, but you'll catch more honeys being fly. You're some bollocks. Do you know who's a good man for fishing? Who? Neil Seary. Neil Seary loves it. I've interviewed with Neil Seary coming on to Severe this afternoon, would you believe? Um, he gives a bit of abuse. He does, yes. I woke, um, up the, I woke up the Snapchat from Neil Seary the day after Man United last Liverpool. Is he on Snapchat? He is, yeah. Let's just say, let's just say, it isn't fit to be repeated <laughs> on a podcast. Was it a video? Was it? Oh uh, yeah. He was drinking believe... out of he was drinking out of a Liverpool glass as as he did it. Oh, it was hilarious! What a man. Um, uh-huh. Let me see. Have you got one there, or am I looking for the next? 
Uh, yeah, Rory Farrell views on Zufa apparently putting up for the UFC for sale. Um, and do you think McGregor and Diaz is a product of this? We've kind of discussed that earlier on that you think it is. Look, I I find it very hard to believe this uh, UFC is up for sale. I think there's always discussions and things like these, but uh, even if they've what the, the fuck, fuck was, that? was that? I have no idea. Even if they have no um, oh, it was, oh sorry, it was opening a pay, it was a vine played on Twitter. Sorry. Even if they have no intention of of selling it, I think these kind of talks are always happening and stuff. Um, yeah, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if it happened anytime soon. Um, I think you know, I think Dana White and the Fertitta brothers are kind of too invested in them, but too many long term kind of things in place. At the moment, for them to sell it, so like I think five pass and the whole drug testing thing, it's very, you know, they're still very new, and I don't think now would be a good time to sell. To be honest, Gary Murphy at Sons underscore two thousand and fourteen. I'm guessing he's a Sons of Anarchy fan. UFC two hundred won't be as stacked as people think. Agree, disagree. Um, I think it will be stacked to the tits. Yeah, I think it will be. There you go. Here's one from John O'Brien that we never we didn't really get to earlier on, but what do you think of McGregor um wanting to fight uh or not wanting to fight but fine fighting Nate Diaz again at 170 pounds? So we might as well give the shout out on top of that to uh Ross Sherlock who asked the same question. Callum Divin also asked the same question. We're gonna just try to get them all out in there in the one thing. Um and Keen O'Connell said the exact same thing. Like a lot of people asking, maybe it's McGregor's uh, McGregor's ego getting him in trouble. And our favorite username in the world, Kill Your Idols, says, "If Nate beats Connor again, would you be surprised, motherfucker?" No, no, I wouldn't be surprised because we weren't surprised the first time. We said, you know, we set up for the first match. Um, but if if it was in a similar way, I think I'd be surprised. What? Like, let's talk about it here. Is the one seventy thing an ego? I don't know what it is to be honest. I think it's just stupid for all around. Like McGregor, I think McGregor's a one fifty five or rightly. Uh, Diaz is definitely a one fifty five or like why not just have the fight at one fifty five? Like some people are saying, oh, this is a one fifty five fight where the lads don't cut weight. But come on, like take it, fucking you know that's just stupidity. I think to be honest, just like I don't know McGregor. McGregor's not a 170 pound fighter like you know that I think that was proven last time he needs to fight a 155 or 145 I don't I have no idea why it's happening at 170 I think it's it's a bad idea it's a bit of a silly one uh, just yeah. a follow up one from Farrell Connolly at Farrell Connolly any possibility of an Irish fighter on the UFC fight night Rotherdam card it's weird isn't it I wrote an article yesterday about what's next for all the Irish fighters like none of them are matched apart from Conor McGregor and Gunnar Nelson None of them are matched. So maybe... I think somebody, that Rotterdam card is full, though. Somebody also asked a similar thing. Um, I'm trying to just find it here. I had it written down. Will Martin. What's going on with the Irish fighters not getting fights in the UFC? Surely there's something announced soon. The answer... is yes. Something will be announced very soon. And that's about all I can say. Well, you know something I don't know? I do, yeah. Oh yeah, what is it? Come on, tell me. Conor McGregor's fighting Nate Diaz at UFC 200. Oh fucking hell! Don't tell anybody. Wonder could be there be an Irish card maybe. I don't know. I don't know. 
sounds like it is. It sounds like there is. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe there probably isn't. Like, anyway, let's move on. Look, um, will I risk getting completely blacklisted from the UFC here just for the sake of the podcast? No, don't. No, no. I would expect there to be announcements fairly soon in terms of the Irish fighters getting matchups. And also an announcement within the next couple of months about the UFC's final oh, oh, European oh. destinations I, I, I think I heard. of 2016. Yeah. And all I'm saying is it's not going to be in the three arena. If a show happened in Ireland in 2016, it would not be in the three arena. Or Crow Park. Or Crow Park. Or the Aviva. Or Toman Park. I'll be on maybe Toman Park. I'll be on the fucking Helix. There. Or the Helix. Okay. Make your conclusions from that, what you will, the, and speculate widely on the internet. Daniel Bradley asks, what were your favourite cartoons growing up? Someone else asked that as well on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Recess. Big fan of Recess. And the Weekenders. I, I was a Turtles man myself. Teenage Mutant. Big or fun. just fans of, I like Turtles. <laughs> I like the, I like Hey Arnold a bit as well. That was oh good. my God, Hey Arnold! Here's a stat for you, Sean. What? Here's a statistic for you. Tell me the two longest-running animated TV shows in history. The Simpsons. Number one, correct. And is it Hey Arnold? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, Tom and Jerry. Nope. Surely Tom and Jerry. Nope. Um, don't know. Tell me. No, keep guessing. That's not how this game Turtles? works. No. Um, give me a clue. I can sing the introduction for you if you like. Ooh. Go on. And I said... I don't know. Hey, what a wonderful kind of day. Oh, yeah. You what can learn to laugh and play and get along with each other. Arthur. Um, You've yeah, never seen it. I, Google him. He's the rat-looking I, thing with glasses. I know what that is. What is it? Tell me. Arthur. Yeah, it was just Arthur, called Arthur. Just yeah, Arthur. Oh, Arthur. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. No, what? Yeah, it's the second longest-running animated show in history. It's still running to this day. So it was my favorite cartoon, actually. What? An Animaniacs. Oh, I was a big fan of Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain. Pinky and the Brain. We're a bit like Pinky and the Brain, aren't we? I would agree. Yeah. That's, I, I don't like the way you've just put yourself down as massively there that we know. Yeah, <laughs> I'll we go with know, it. We all know. Animaniacs. Remember the countries of the world song? Uh, what was it again? Well, oh, well, obviously I don't know it, but he named every single country in existence in a song. It was brilliant. Oh, man. Yugoslavia, Costa Rica, Colombia, Peru, North every country. Brilliant. Girl with her dog. Okay, I love you. Bye bye. Okay, lady, I love you. Bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Cullen, era twenty four seven. What's your favorite Easter egg? Mora. I used to be a big fan of dream Easter eggs when dreams were back around, when dreams were around. Yeah. We, but I think at the end of the day, nothing beats uh, a big, massive kinder. Mm. So. Kinder fan myself. I got Moro. Got Moro. Um, Scruffy Duffy, at Ronan Duffy 1. 
Steve Percival's performance in the Lombard versus Magni fight, the worst performance by a ref in UFC history. What do you think? I personally think um, the, the Weidman uh, Rockhold fight was worse. Like, he was taking a ferocious beating. He was bleeding from his face and all and that. That was pretty. Who was refereeing that? Herb Dean or someone? Not sure, actually. Yeah, that was worse, I think. A double, a double header here from Tygo Donovan at Tygie85. Has Steve Mazzagalli been training the MMA referees in Australia? <laughs> Looks like it. And Even then, Steve wouldn't be that bad. And from on there, are Hunt's walk-off KOs maybe due to the fact he just can't be arsed to jump on them on the ground and make sure they're finished and engage in a ground fight? Maybe a little bit, yeah. But as I said earlier, I think it's a kickboxing thing. And yeah, he's just a great man, Mark Hunt. Uh, Keith Fleming, with the Euros this summer, are we going to see the same amount of virus travelling to UFC 200? Something that we spoke about in yeah. detail. I think, uh, and just something that came into my head completely randomly during the week. Dave Allen. Dahi McAleen and Dahi mm-hmm. Allen, who's now working with the IMAFs. Congratulations, Dave. Um, he, uh, he used to always go on, shit on about the same reference all the time about Celtic reaching the UEFA Cup final in 2003 and being like tens of thousands of Celtic fans in Sevilla for the final. Yeah. So I do think a lot of Irish will go to France regardless of whether they have tickets or not just for the crack in the session. Mm-hmm. Any more on Facebook there before I finish up here on Twitter? Um... Yeah, there's some good questions there. From We've got Cardiff about Plan. six minutes left. Gareth, uh, Gareth, uh, uh, We've a question there from Padre Plan. What's next for Mark Hunt? Title shot. <laughs> yeah. Just give it to him. Let's see it happen. Sea level, Mark Hunt. He'll win. I, I, I didn't give him one of those. You know, I know Rottweiler's fighting someone, but someone like that, you know, Arlovsky or someone like that. Give him one I'll, of those. Give him the perfect. Just. Give him the guys with no chins anymore that he can just decimate, walk off KO and be like, thank thank my Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Jesus loves knockouts. Jesus loves yeah. knockouts. What about Frank Muir, Emmett Glynass? What's next for him? Well, there you go, because the next question that I was going to ask was from Kieran Faherty. What fighters do you think are immune from the cut in the UFC? He thinks it's Muir and Bisbing. Hmm. I think, um, I think for Mir next, no, for Mir to retire. Retire, yeah. I don't think the UFC would ever cut him, but well, he's still a big enough name that he could go and fight in Bellator. Do you know that mayor of Toronto, Rob Ford, the guy that was really funny there last year and stuff? The guy that was doing like heroin Coffee. and stuff like that. Yeah, he yeah. died. How? He just died, yeah. And I just see it on Twitter there. Ah. Oh. He was a sound man, like, fair He enough. was a sound man, like, fair play to him. He's, uh, I wonder, was he killed for being too mad? Yeah. You know, yeah. North just Korea. Before, uh, just before we finish up, uh, New York is being legalised. It's going to be legalised by the time this podcast comes out, probably. Jim Guinea and stuff is all on it. Are they sure? Um, like, Yeah, it's it's happening this time. Um, I, I think it's a huge thing. for. I don't think it'll like, change the, the sport and for us or anything really huge, but there's going to be a huge event in, in Madison Square Garden uh, later this year. I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to no, be additional. No, uh, no, no. Notorious. Yeah, Conor but, McGregor versus Frankie Edgar what a better place to do it than in Frankie Edgar's hometown that's why he's not getting the title shot at UFC 200 I'm not surprised motherfuckers I'm just glad this is over with because I'm sick of listening to this every year yeah. and even years. then someone's told me that Madison Square Garden isn't even a great venue an MMA show won't be great there it's just that it's Madison Square Garden and after the initial love buzz has fallen out the UFC probably won't go out of their way to come back there too much yeah and it's good as well. It's not just the UFC. It's good for all local promotions, smaller promotions, and that can now you know, put mixed martial arts yeah. fights on there. And 
yeah. different things so, like that. Fair, fair play to him, lads. Well done. Finally, to finish up, we had one question that I definitely wanted to get to because it, it picked out. Bit of rumours during the week, uh, maybe about Cyborg signing for the UFC. Oh, yes. Um, what do you think is the plan with her? If she signs at the UFC, do you book her against Misha Tate immediately at UFC 200? And that kind of capitalises into the last, or do you book the home Tate rematch? That was from at Ian Thornton MMA. But there was also a follow-up about uh, UFC 200. I just can't see it here. How many title fights do you think are going uh, to be on UFC 200? That was from Robert Mannion. I think two and an interim title fight. Two and an interim title fight. I actually know what do we do with Cyborg? No, with McGregor and Diaz now, there won't be two. I think just two altogether. Um, um, Cyborg is not going to fight. Um, he's not going to fight Tate for the for the title. Or anything. She's going to be fighting at 140 or 145, and it looks like Katz and Gano is going to be the one she's fighting. I think that'd be nice. Yeah, I could get behind that. Would watch. I don't think it's going to be UFC 200 either. Oh, it's like 199. Yeah, I saw someone saying it could be beforehand. 198 yeah. in Brazil. And that's good. Do you like Cyborg? 198 in Brazil. We needed to. Why didn't we mention that? Anderson Silva fighting Uriah Hall. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll talk about it at length oh, next yeah. week. There's a couple. I called of, it. Sean called it. Sean called it. Couple of good fights that have been uh, announced. We're going to get through them all in the next week. But as always, thank you very much for listening. An hour and twenty-eight minutes in the book. Three sixteen. Stone cold. Right now, Sean. Yeah, Beautiful. My laptop still fucks, so it's 3.20 here for me. But, no matter where you're listening around the world, what time, date, place, age, location, ASL, hey, do you want a cyber sex chat in the checkers room? Let's go. Uh, but anyway, thank you very much for listening. Indeed. As always, thank you to BeanieBasher.com, a fun, affordable hand-eye coordination tool, £10 only. BeanieBasher.com, they will ship worldwide. And if you ask them nicely, they may even include a handwritten little note to send in your package as well. If you want to get in touch with us over the next week, though, we're over on Tell You Watch On. The social media man and me is kicking out after going to Gary Vaynerchuk tomorrow. Severe MMA is on Instagram. Severe MMA is on Snapchat. Severe MMA podcast is on Facebook. We're on. Uh, we have our Severe Facebook page as well. At Severe MMA Pod on Twitter. If you want to ask any questions over the next week, send us a tweet at Severe MMA Pod or use the hashtag Severe Pod, and I will search for all of them as well, and we will uh, we will get right on it. Anyway, tweet out the podcast as well. The what? Tweet out the podcast. Include at Severe MMA Pod, and we will retweet it. Yeah, we'll retweet you. We'll follow you. We'll do all yeah. of the good shit, <sighs> ninja shit, American ninja shit, mm, Irish ninja, Irish ninja. Gaiden Ninja, ninja. Real, no, yeah, no, real Ninja podcast, real podcast ninjas. Like we'll, we'll take you on. We're not scared, homie. We're not surprised, motherfucker. We're not surprised that it's one of the most successful MMA podcasts in Europe, and we're not surprised that it's one of the best MMA podcasts, just in general, for a bit Ever. of laugh and a bit of crack. Until then, though, Sean, what are you planning for the next six to seven days until I hear your beautiful voice again? Well, no, I'll hear your voice before then, but in a recorded format. Yeah, I'm on a little bit of a hiatus now from MMA. There's no winter or anything coming up, so I'm just... The interlull. Oh, yeah, I'm just taking a break from it all. Just doing nothing. I'm going to be writing nothing. Uncompressing. Doing nothing, yeah. Just, or I need a break. <laughs> I need a break from it all. So here comes my break now over the next seven days. Enjoy. I'm going to do nothing until you come. Nothing. going to do nothing. Yeah, I've already the article written on MMA being legalised, saved in drafts, just to, to put it up. So if you uh... see that, that doesn't count. Anyway... Thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, 
At Chanchi NBA At Andrew McGahan underscore No I was going to say You were meant to say And we'll see you next week But if you we'll want to follow us on Twitter Then please do At Andrew McGahan underscore At Severe MMA Pod At Severe MMA At Pizza Carroll At Dave Fogarty Random numbers Whatever the fuck it is after that At Ryan O'Connor At Sean Sheehan BA The whole crew of Severe MMA And finally once again Thank you Anybody that came up to me yesterday Afterwards at Gary Vaynerchuk At all of those events Saying that they love the podcast, they love the site. I've taken it all on board. We really, 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 to the bottom of our cold, bitter hearts, appreciate every single bit of love that we get for all of the work that we put in. We're fighting the good fight here against you'll never believe what Conor McGregor did yesterday. Click here to find out. The news we all regretted. The news we all hoped would never happen. Oh, no. The the rematch. Nobody wanted to see us being booked for UFC 200. Oh, my God. It thinks that'll guess. make you wish you never moved out of Dublin. Oh. You'll never guess who Conor McGregor's fighting next week. You'll never guess what Conor McGregor posted on his Instagram today. Vin Diesel has something to say about Conor McGregor's rematch. Conor McGregor's pulled out of a movie. Guess what one it is. Conor McGregor just took a shit. <laughs> Conor McGregor took a second <laughs> shit for the day. <laughs> See you next week.